gets, you know, it gets tiring to start new things over and over. So you kind of learn eventually to like, okay, I got to really check out this opportunity. What is really going to go into this? And now let's, you know, make a plan that doesn't involve me trying to get rich next week with it. If you're looking to leave the nine to five and elevate your side hustle, the Hustle the Day podcast is the podcast for you. Your host, Trent Bray, left the nine to five grind behind and is helping others do the same and focus on the future. Hear from others who have done it and how they did it. Jump in as we talk entrepreneurship, mindset, and strategy. Just take it one day at a time and hustle the day. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I am fortunate to have Bradley Roth on the show. Really interesting story with Bradley talking about going from fitness to real estate to traveling around the country and finding something to fit that niche. Really great stories. You're going to want to listen to it. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited and honored to have Bradley Roth on the show today. Bradley, why don't you jump in? Tell my audience a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, first off, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. And I guess I'll give you the three to five minute whole background story to kind of tell you how I got here. Um, I don't really like to explain who I am by saying what I do. Or that's not how I usually identify. So I'll give a little background here. Uh, my parents are both from massive families. My dad was one of nine and my mom was one of 17, right? Massive Catholic families. So they grew up like dirt poor. And, you know, this might not sound relevant, but you'll see. Uh, so they grew up, you know, in these massive families. They had nothing, even though, you know, parents worked real hard and all that. And, so they grew up with this very traditional mindset of, oh, you know, like we're going to break the mold by going to college and getting like a job career, uh, which was a big thing for them and their families. A lot of their siblings didn't quite end up doing that. Uh, so that's kind of how I was raised. And, you know, my, my parents were very religious. I was homeschooled for a while, like up through seventh grade. That was an interesting uh, experience. A lot of people are experiencing that right now during COVID, but uh, then I ended up, you know, I went to high school and I got into college and, and the whole time I really, I had no idea what I wanted to do uh, with my life. All I knew was I didn't want to sit at a desk all day and wear a suit and tie. And that, was, that was pretty much all I knew, but I got to college and I still, you know, I, ended up, I went to UConn and didn't know what I wanted to do, uh, but I liked working out and I was an athlete. That's kind of how I identified growing up was I played a lot of sports. And so I'm like, well, what if I could train people, you know, to, uh, you know, get better in that area. So, uh, because I had actually, I'd gotten in really into training and kind of lifting right after I graduated high school. So I go into college and I'm like, well, I don't know what else I'm going to do. So, uh, maybe I'll get a kinesiology degree, you know, teach people how to, you know, get stronger. And I found CrossFit. Uh, CrossFit first started to become a thing a little, like while I was in college, I got kind of hooked on that. And, you know, my dad had been saying, Oh, what, you know, why don't you get a business degree? My mom said, you know, why don't you become an engineer? Cause <laughs> I loved Legos growing up. So she's like, Oh, well you love Legos, you know, like you could be a great engineer. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's quite the same. 
didn't have to do math with Legos, right? But uh, anyways, you know, looking back, it's interesting because I think in hindsight, maybe I would have gone into business. I just honestly, my dad told me to do that, but I didn't know what that meant. Like growing up, my family didn't know a single entrepreneur uh, or anyone's really self-employed even for that matter. So I honestly didn't know the word entrepreneur until about my senior year of college. I didn't know what it meant. I thought businesses were just these things that like existed and, you know, (laughs) that's just what it was or whatever. But so anyways, I go through college, I graduate in kinesiology and basically an exercise science degree. And I get an internship and then a job at kind of like my dream gym, uh, which was close to home. Great gym. They're still, still in business today. I think, you know, 10 years later. And, um, I was working there. I loved it. I'm at the gym all day, right? Like what, what beats that? And it started out, you know, very part-time, you know, it's a smaller staff, you know, five to 10 people. And I was like, well, I'm going to make this my career and move up and become full-time and own my own gym one day and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm working there, you know, a couple of years go by and I'm like, it's still very part-time. No one, no one left. There was no real room to move up. Uh, so I started looking around like, okay, what else can I do to kind of supplement my income? Or I didn't really want to work at another gym because I felt like that'd be a conflict and stuff. So I was like, what do I do? I don't really have any background. I don't really have any like other skills. You know, I think at that, at that point, I was a fairly one-dimensional person uh, coming out of college um, in terms of skill set and all that. But so I, I dabbled in network marketing a little bit, which was, you know, not too bad. Uh, it was a good company. I learned some good sales skills and stuff like that. Uh, but after a little while, I realized that that wasn't a long-term solution, right? So uh, I said, you know, why don't I become a realtor? You know, I heard realtors can make good money and, you know, all I got to do is go take a test and I can do that on the, you know, since still train to the gym and all that kind of stuff. So I go and I get my realtor's license and this is like a couple of years, two or three years into training. And man, that was, <laughs> that was quite an experience. Uh, I kind of, you know, was promised the world at this brokerage and, was not delivered really on any of it. So I was kind of just like, figure it out. So I kind of stumbled my way through being a realtor for a couple of years. And I started to eventually kind of like get the hang of it a little bit, gain some momentum. Um, Still didn't really love it. And then uh, again, because I kind of didn't really know what I was, I didn't really have much mentorship in terms of kind of deal structure and, contracts and all that, I ended up uh, having a deal that was like a referral from a friend go kind of south and it got kind of sticky legally and stuff like that, um, which just really like, you know, left me feeling really bad about all of it and really left a sour taste in my mouth. So I think that was kind of like my real signal that, okay, we got to do something else. And uh, during that time I had kind of been learning, you know, as a realtor, you kind of naturally have to learn about marketing and sales a little bit because, you know, you're in a brokerage, but you're still kind of on your own to a degree. So during that, you know, I'm starting to read books. I'm starting to learn a little bit about marketing, uh, entrepreneurship. And I'm like, you know, I kind of realized the thing between the gym 
network marketing real estate is that they all were kind of like had a certain level of freedom to them. It wasn't like, okay, you're here from nine to five and you know, that's what you do. And I knew that like, I just don't operate well in that super controlled environment. And I think that comes from how I was raised again, very like strict kind of Catholic upbringing where it was like, these are the rules. Well, why is that the rule? Because, because we said so. And, uh, you know, I, I, I could never accept that answer. It drove me nuts. So my whole life was, has always been this kind of giant quest to find uh, that freedom or kind of break free of those restrictions. So uh, anyways, I'm learning about entrepreneurship and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, what can I do that's mobile? Because me and my uh, now fiance, girlfriend at the time, she's a nurse. We're like, well, you know, she wants to do the travel nurse thing and we could travel around the country and see different stuff. And we love to, we love to travel. And I was like, well, I definitely can't do that with real estate. You know, that's pretty localized, uh, or at least being a realtor. And so I come across Ty Lopez, the infamous Ty Lopez, and I take a social media marketing course. This is probably in like, I'm trying to think like 2017. So Facebook and all that was starting to become really popular Facebook ads and stuff. So I, I take this course. I'm like, Oh, you know, I want to learn this. I'm going to do social media for local businesses. And, you know, I'm like, I know all these local business owners at the gym. I have all these connections. I'm going to kill it right away. And so I take this one course, I go get my LLC and keep in mind, I've never worked for a real company. I've really had zero background. I had no savings or anything. And so I kind of just jumped off and was like, uh, you know, I'm going to start making, you know, 10 grand a month right off the bat because I know these people are all going to hire me, you know, to, to do their marketing and didn't quite work out that way. Right. I had kind of a, just like anyone who's starting things, it's the, uh, was it the Dunning-Kruger effect when you're new, right? You think you like are a pro and you don't know what you don't know. And I very quickly kind of learned uh, that business is a little bit more than just like taking a quick course and saying, Hey, you know, sign up with me. So I did get a couple clients kind of early on um, enough to, I think, kind of keep me going at that point. And then maybe like eight months to a year later, uh, we decided to kind of jump off and do the travel nursing thing. And at that time I really only had like one or two paying clients. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get more. Right? Um, so we take off and first travel nursing assignment and they're done in like three month kind of stints is in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. So we go down there. I'm like trying to like work for local businesses, like remotely and find clients. And it was just, it was kind of not working great. We had a great experience. You know, we, we loved being away from home and being in this new place. And so we did three months there. And then our next stop was uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So this was just over two years ago. Now we drove out in January, we cross country road tripped it, which was awesome. And we got there. We'd never been there before. Uh, we moved there. We thought, you know, like everyone thinks kind of the Phoenix area, I think it's like the Sahara desert where it's just like sand and dirt and, you know, a few cactus here and there and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, we, we drive into Phoenix and it's, you know, it's beautiful mountains and palm trees and, the weather, of course, like 70 and sunny in January and 
coming from Connecticut, the Northeast. I was like, man, this is like paradise. So anyways, we get out here and I'm still doing kind of social media marketing. I'm still doing, uh, I was doing some Facebook ads too. Uh, and I didn't really like love it. I didn't really have like a, a niche, which I think was a big mistake. Um, so I kind of like, I was always doing something, but I, I wasn't necessarily getting anywhere. And, you know, when we were in Phoenix in the beginning, I was like, oh, it's not really worth it to go and network because we're leaving in three months. Right. And then three months later, we're like, I think we want to stay another three months. And so we stay then six months, six months turns to nine months. And then at like the nine month point, we're like, well, I think, you know, I kind of realized that like to get this thing off the ground and especially if I'm working with small businesses, I think I need to kind of like set up a hub, like, you know, a home station for a while. And so we decided to do that um, and kind of stay in the Phoenix area. And, you know, during that time work-wise, again, I'm still kind of like doing social media, doing Facebook ads. I had kind of discovered uh, chatbots along the way and thought they were really cool and stuff, but I don't really know like just yet, like how to use them and stuff like that. So I was kind of like in this like no man's land of online marketing. And uh, I think it was last year, I kind of decided that like, I think, you know, Facebook ads and social media management is great. And I kind of like it, but it's such a crowded space. And there's other people out there who I think could probably do it even better than me. So I decided I'm going to be, you know, the chatbot guy. And, you know, people, I mean, the number one misconception is like that it's techie and, you know, I don't know how to write one line of any sort of code. <laughs> I'm like not a technical person, but uh, the way, and we'll, I guess we can talk more about that later, but the way I got into it uh, was very like, it's interactive psychology. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is something that's like different. I think this can be kind of the future and more of a blue ocean than what I was doing. So I uh, kind of dove into that same thing for a while. I, I was too stubborn to niche down. I'm like, oh, I'm going to help everybody. And uh, which I think is definitely something I've learned <laughs> uh, over the last few years. And then I decided, oh, you know, I'm going to niche down to luxury apartment communities because there's a lot of those here. And having one of these would have made it so much easier for us when we were leasing, like, because it was a real pain in the butt when we were looking for an apartment moving out here. Like, oh, this is going to be easy. You know, they got the budget, you know, yada, yada. So I go and I start knocking door to door. And uh, I quickly learned that that's not the way to always approach these like bigger kind of enterprise level businesses. So then I get involved in the trade association and, you know, it's expensive to go to these events, but I'm like, you know, this is what you got to do. And I'm starting to make some progress, make connections. And then COVID hits like right in the middle. So I'm like, uh, crap, uh, what do I do now? So then again, I kind of was like bouncing around. I'm like, oh, you know, I like gyms. I work with gyms. Oh, you know, there's a lot of medi spas around here. And my fiance is getting her Botox certification. So I'm like, oh, but no, I'll work with them. And kind of same thing, like indecisive. And then, uh, you know, e-commerce and Shopify came out with this. You know, everyone knows Shopify, right? You got a Shopify store. And they came out with this like integration that works with the platform that I use. So 
I saw kind of a new opportunity there. I'm like, well, this is something now that, and I, I realized like during that time working with these, trying to get in with these apartment communities that I really didn't like the whole kind of like buttoned up corporate, you know, working with those types of clients. Cause you're, you know, there's no real relationship there. Um, and it's all about numbers and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, I want to work with like the little guy. You know, that's what I think I really like and what I resonate with. And that's still me at this point. So, uh, you know, having that integration sounds kind of like a little thing, but I was like, well, now I can, I can give businesses, Shopify store owners who maybe don't have massive stores, this tool that they can then go implement and integrate and not get all hung up and stuck on the technical backend stuff, which is always kind of like a big uh, sticking point in a lot of ways, you know, using Zapier and all those third party stuff. Um, so then I was like, you know, I think, and they also, you know, understand the value of marketing. They all run Facebook ads and stuff like that. So that's where I kind of, how I kind of got to like what I'm working on today. So that's like my very, very long winded intro. No, no worries. No, I love, I love that. I was so we we've talked before and I wanted you to get to all those different points that you were talking about along your journey. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you went over those and kind of touched on all those because like you said, you can't just be defined by what you do. It's the journey along the way and all those experiences that you had to get you to where you are today. So I love the niche that you're going after now. Cause like you said, I've got a Shopify store. Like that's, those are the people that, kind of know that they need help they don't know exactly how they they need the help but you can show them how you're going to help them which is which is great and you know i I love the theme of you kind of going against the grain and you know not wanting that stuffy atmosphere that you're used to but one question i i had as you're talking about your story is why didn't you go the gym ownership route why didn't you go to uh, you know, online training or some of those things that you could have done that uh, maybe allowed you to be a little bit more remote, but still go down that same route? Uh, that's a great question. You know, honestly, I think, I think online coaching is like such a common thing now, right? With COVID, but like three years ago, it just, it never even really crossed my mind to be honest, which is kind of crazy. Um, and, you know, I, I, I love training people. I was, I'd like to think I was pretty good at it. Um, but I think when I started researching like things that were mobile, because that was like a huge thing for me was like, yeah, I want to be able to go anywhere. And I felt like, I think I've always, I thought that like, this was probably some sort of limiting belief. Right. But I was like, Oh, you need like a gym and equipment and stuff and you need to be there with people and see their movement and stuff. So I think, um, that and then also I get excited by new things and variety. <laughs> so I think this like kind of shiny new business thing over here, I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think that's a lot of entrepreneurs, right? In some sense, um, which is a blessing and a curse, right? Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It, it it can be a blessing and a curse. Sometimes it's like, oh, there's this thing, there's this opportunity right there. I just need to reach out and grab it, but you don't realize how much work it takes to really get involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the reasons I share that whole story is because I think a lot of people think that everything's like linear that like, Oh, you know, I only have experience in this area, so I can only go and do this. 
you know, whereas like, again, I went from like no idea to like, you know, the fitness industry to like online marketing, like I, and real estate, whatever else in between. And so it's like, you know, you, you gotta just jump sometimes and kind of figure it out along the way. Uh, and I think people tend to put themselves in this box, you know, like I could have put myself into a box. Uh, and I think I did for a while with like, you know, I'm a fitness guy, I'm a trainer. That's what I do. And I don't really know anything else. And, you know, that was me for a few years until I kind of started to branch out. And I've always been a very curious person, um, with broad interest and stuff like that. But I think that's an important thing for people to realize, especially today, like with the online and you can find, go find cheap courses on anything that in my opinion are just as useful as like something you pay thousands of dollars for out of college. Um, you know, like I've learned so much more, I think through books and online courses in the last few years than I've learned in four years of college, which obviously, and the amount of, <laughs> the amount of books you could buy for a college tuition is, you know, you could buy a library. So, uh, that is for sure. And you know what, there's, there's something there that I, I think that, like for you, for example, you talked about your real estate uh, venture and how you didn't really necessarily receive the the support and the training that you thought you were going to get out of that. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's like I've I'm not a realtor. My main source of income is real estate investing, but you get a lot of these people who are just brand new into the real estate market. Oh, they're friends with somebody. They decide to use their friend as an agent. And you have to sit there and tell them how the whole process works. And it's like, if you would take 30 minutes on YouTube, you'd be able to figure out some of this stuff. Like, it's just, it's interesting that all the information that's out there and that people don't access it. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people you even say on your website, you know, could you build your own chat bot? Sure. But is it going to serve you well? Probably not. You you really do need an expert behind it because what most people do, they get into the, the, the details of it and say, oh, I can do this. And then they just implement it and then don't go, they don't dig deep basically. Yeah. So people are very surface level and that's where you've gone above and beyond dug deep. You really do know how to help people out when, <laughs> when, when they don't know how to help themselves out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what been one of my biggest kind of like light bulb aha moments throughout this all is learning that almost everything on the surface is, well, it's, it's basically is 10 times harder than it looks on the surface and it's going to take you a lot longer. Right. Um, like I'm sure, you know, you, you were telling me about your, your hustle energy drink, right. you thought, Oh, it's just going to take a few months. And then like, you know, a couple of years later, right. You're still working on it. Like everything that you like, are like, Oh, I'm going to like go in, like, you know, like I'm working on a podcast, starting up a podcast. I'm like, Oh, you just need a recorder, a mic, and you throw it up on iTunes and like, you know, you're good to go. And then as I'm looking into it, I'm like, Oh man, there's like a lot to this. And I find that that's, almost everything. And so I'm much more careful about what new projects and stuff I dive into these days than I was throughout. And so I, you know, I think a lot of people get in this trap and, and marketing is so good these days that it's easy to get 
sucked into this idea or that idea and kind of like see a surface level, like, Oh, that's cool. Like people like, you know, you flip houses, right. And people are like, Oh man, like I want to flip houses. Like I see them doing that on HGTV. It looks so cool. You get to like interior decorate at the end. And I'm like, yeah, you're seeing like the 1% or 5% or whatever. That's like the really fun flashy part. You don't see like, you know, they show you a little bit of the setbacks, but you know, not really. And, and they're, all, and they're mostly manufactured right. setbacks exactly. too. Yeah. It's all polished. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're yeah. It, iceberg. it is, it is interesting how, how that can be. And, and the funny thing is, um, you know, when you get to a certain level, it can be a little bit easier to dive into those things. So for example, I'm, I'm listening to uh, the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss right now. And he talks about, you know, starting a supplement company. He's like, if you can't get a product delivered in two weeks, it's not worth it. It's like, okay, well, this took me three years. <laughs> and I thought the same thing. It's like, okay, I'll just get a private label product, modify it a little bit to, you know, suit my needs and go down the rabbit hole. And it's like, you know what, this is now a completely custom product because the off the shelf stuff, you're not going to get the, the best customer experience out of that. You're not, you're just rebranding something, slapping a label on, and that's not a great way to build a brand or a legacy or anything like that. It's just a, a quick buck to maybe last a few years until you move on to the next thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like the, uh, it's just like the drop shipping industry, right? There's all these people selling courses like, Oh, you can have your store up and be making all this money selling stuff off Alibaba in like a week. And, uh, you know, you throw up this Facebook ad and you're good to go. And very, very rarely does that work out <laughs> like they say, right. You know, the quick buck never really ends up working long-term. I mean, it's just like, if it happens to work, which it rarely does, then great. Uh, well now you got to start all over and work on the next quick buck idea, you know? So that's been, again, kind of like piggybacking on that last point is it gets, you know, it gets tiring to start new things over and over. And so you kind of learn eventually to like, okay, I got to really check out this opportunity. What is really going to go into this? And now let's, you know, make a plan that doesn't involve me trying to get rich next week with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree with that. It, agree with you. It does get tiring starting, you know, chasing after those times, those shiny objects and starting something new and winding it down and going through the process over and over again. So you found something that you like doing, you found something that has some opportunity once you find the right niche. And it sounds like you're, you've found that target now. So what drew you to the benefits of a chat bot? Uh, I think the first thing that really jumped out at me when I first saw this was how interactive it is. Like we, as humans, right. We want to, we're social creatures. We want to have conversations. That's how we're wired. But so much of what we look at all day, you know, our smartphones, computers, TVs, like the amount of screen time and like 99% of it is like one way facing, like they're talking or sending something to you and there's no like real, you know, they're trying to get you to fill out a form or click the buy button, but they're not trying to get you to like interact always. Uh, 
So that was like really cool for me. It was like, you can take kind of your marketing, take almost like a landing page or take your email marketing or your website and kind of turn it into like this interactive back and forth thing that like when people engage with it, they, you know, when you're in a conversation, you can't like tune out, right? Like you're, you're part of it. So it's great for like building rapport and um, that sort of thing. And kind of also guiding the conversation at the same time. So that was like the number one kind of like, not so much like measurable, but that's what stood out to me at first. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then what you could do within it, you know, like think of like this conversation right now, like it could go a hundred different ways. Right. But like, if you give someone a landing page or something like that and they see it, like how many different ways is that going to go? Like not a lot. Like they're, you're, the customer doesn't really have a whole lot of say in that experience or that interaction. So you're giving that customer a little bit more like freedom in how they're interacting with your business. So that's kind of like just a big picture, like, you know, fun aspect of it that really jumped out at me. I was like, you know, people, people want this. They want interaction. People are like, you know, they're isolated and, you know, we're more connected than ever, but also more like disconnected than ever. Right. So giving people that interactive, even if it's not always a real person, because there's, you know, there's kind of the automated chat, right. And then there's the live chat and, you know, a good strategy is always going to have both. Um, but even, even if it's automated, like it still feels like an interaction and you're still giving people that feeling and they still have some control over that. Um, so it's really just, you know, I was like, this could create a really fun customer experience. And then like, you can also, you know, keep it light, you know? So like most people think that like chatbots are like, oh, you type an answer, it's, it's back some answer. And that's a lot of them, you know, like most chatbots out there, they get a bad rap because they, you know, most of them really aren't, that, aren't very good. <laughs> They're kind of like, they have like, they do like the most basic possible lowest common denominator response. Like, oh, thanks for reaching out. Like, here's our number to call. It's like, no, I interacted with that. So I didn't have to call a number, you know? Um, especially younger generations, like, you know, good luck getting a millennial to like pick up the phone or Gen X or Gen Y and like call you. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen, right? Uh, everything's text-based. So you're just, you're meeting people where they're at. You're giving them what, what they want. And instead of creating just this like boring canned response, it's, you know, you're inserting like emojis and gifts and giving them different options. And the copy is like, uh, you're making it kind of like represent your brand, right? If you're like a light and fun brand, or if, you know, you give, you can give your chatbot even like a mascot, right? Like, uh, I've done this with, with clients is like, I'll give them kind of like these 3d kind of bot looking things and they get to pick like their color scheme and then name it, put their logo on it. And so like it greets people. It's like, Hey, you know, I'm uh, like breakthrough bot, right. Or something like that. And it kind of like gives it its own like little persona so I think, you know, it's kind of like uh, back when I was in CrossFit, right? Like CrossFit is, if anyone's familiar with it, it's not franchised. So there's no like uniformity between gyms. It's an affiliate. So you basically pay, just pay to have a name on your thing. Um, but they're all run completely different. So like when people would ask me about CrossFit, I'm like, yeah, you know, I love CrossFit, but like I don't recommend all CrossFit gyms. Like most of them really aren't very good. But if you find a good one, it's great. You know, and that's kind of how I view chatbots. Like, you know, I don't go out there saying like, oh yeah, like you need 
Chapa, you need a Chapa, you know, like uh, Oprah with the cars or whatever. But like, um, but I say, you know, a good Chapa, one that's like really well thought out and, you know, does more than just spit back answers can be a major asset. Yeah. And you know what? You, you, you triggered a light bulb in my head as you said this about all the different ways you could take something, but if you bring them to a landing page, it narrows down, you know, some of those uh, directions that you could take the conversation and the way it clicked in my head, being the father of three young kids, it's like, I'm presenting options. They're both win-win, <laughs> but I'm presenting those options and they're going to choose from those options. So that that's the way it registered in my head. But um, I love that you can personalize it. Like you said, you can, you can humanize it in, in a better way of uh, kind of describing it of this is, yes, there is a bot aspect to this, but at the same time, it doesn't have to feel so rigid. Right. I like to say uh, automation with a personality. It's kind of how I like to like to say it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. And then like you know, tech tech wise and stuff. Again, it's not. I don't know how to code. It's drag and drop software, but it can get very sophisticated. Um, but basically, like on the back end, it's your options are limitless in terms of the amount of different experiences and options that you can give people. So. I just find it to be like so flexible, whatever experience you want to create, whatever, however you want to do follow up, whatever, you know, you, you can go a thousand different, different ways with it. Right. Again, just like a couple, any normal conversation can go a million different ways. So you're always trying to kind of think, you know, how do I give them what they're looking for while also kind of guiding them to where I want them to go. And that's always like kind of the, that perfect middle line that you're, you're looking for when designing a good chat experience. So, uh, you know, most of, I, I build all of my chatbots through Facebook Messenger. It's the most common platform for messaging pretty much outside maybe like WhatsApp or Instagram DM, but those are actually, those are coming soon, which will be exciting. Um, so, but like within that, you know, most people don't know that you can actually build a list within Messenger or, you know, or within SMS the same way that you can with email. So, you know, email is, you know, your email inbox is probably pretty crowded, I'm guessing, you know, unless you're living in a, in like a cave these days, like your, your email inbox is blowing up. So, uh, you know, you got probably on average 20 to 30% open rates for like a normal list. Right. And, you know, typically it's going to be the same 20 to 30% of people that open it over and over, you know, your real true fans, but with SMS or messenger, you know, like we're trained that when we get a text or that when we get a Facebook message that we check it and open it. Right. So on average, those channels, the open rates are like 80 to 90% and the click through rates are like 15 times what they are in email. So it's really cool to take that, what I call omni-channel approach where you're using these different mediums to reach your audience and grow your audience. And so like, you know, you use email for your constant kind of like frequent newsletters or promotions or whatever, but then you have like your SMS or your messenger that you can broadcast out for those like, you know, Black Friday sales or those really important things once every month or two um, where you really need to reach everyone. So it's really cool to uh, work those together 
you know, and it's not necessarily like one or the other people like, Oh, I don't want to use messenger instead of email or, you know, and it's not, it's not like a one or the other thing, you know, it's like it all, it's all meant to work together when you do it right. So yeah, um, I enjoy creating those experiences. Yeah. I love that you specialize in it too. So uh, you talked on another podcast with uh, a mutual friend, Alex Vonderhaar, about um, how most agencies approach chat bots as an add-on, an upsell that they just outsource or they just go with one of those basic ones because that's not their bread and butter. That's not what they know. They specialize in Facebook ads or they specialize in SEO or whatever the case may be. So the great thing is you specialize in this. This is something that you really know and really have dialed in rather than just a, oh, it's something I offer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it for me is, again, I was doing that kind of that Facebook ads like every most agencies do out there. And I was like, I always prided myself on trying to like kind of think differently or do something different. So I'm like, I think this could be kind of that, that new different thing. Um, that I also find a little bit more fun and engaging than what I was doing pre- previously. So I think, yeah, specializing, <laughs> like I said, is uh, is a hard lesson I learned over time. Yeah, for sure. We all we all have those challenges that we never expected to have happen, and all these different things that um, you know things take longer. All all these things that we've talked about, those are definitely challenges that anybody who starts their own business comes across mm-hmm. um so do you do you mostly work direct to the consumers you know you've talked about with this shopify channel are you re- reaching out directly to stores or is this going through an agency you've partnered with or how does that how do people utilize your services yeah so there's a, a couple sides to that i am still kind of reaching out to bigger shopify stores to do custom work for it, but my main thing that i'm working on is Again, creating this like plug and play program that smaller stores can use, or even like an agency. I have a couple agencies I'm kind of talking to about this right now is taking the template and the videos kind of to utilize it that I put together and just using that as a value add for their clients that they're running Facebook ads for or building their Shopify store for. So the majority is, you know, that smaller Shopify store owner uh, who doesn't have a huge budget to pay an agency thousands of dollars to do it right. Or, you know, honestly, if you were to go out and really learn it on your own to get close to the kind of the degree I have with it, it would probably take you like six months of like pretty regular practice, which, you know, if you're, you're running a business and you're smaller, you don't have that kind of time to just like go learn this that way. You know, or, you know, a lot of other people, they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to implement that. And then again, it ends up being crap because you you really don't know it. So that's where I'm trying to like, kind of, I think that's where I fit in the market is, is like these kind of smaller stores and agencies that, you know, don't have massive budgets and don't have the time to learn it on their own. So that's where I'm trying to uh, make my claim. There you go. Yeah. I love that you are challenging things. You're you know, looking outside the mold and doing all these different things and trying to find the best avenues to 
to reach your customers and help your customers out. And, you know, I, I definitely see through your whole story how hustle ties in to that. But I want to ask you, what is your personal definition of the word hustle? Uh, you know, the first thing that pops in my mind is like the bro marketing version of hustle, right? Like Gary V, like you don't sleep and you work 28 hours a day and all that kind of like ridiculous you know, stuff, but, uh, yeah, we're trying to move away from that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think my definition is more of doing whatever it is you can to go after what it is you want on a really consistent basis. Cause I think, I think the consistency is something that I've worked really hard on and something I really was not good at. And I think that's a big separator between people who kind of like reach those big goals and the people who don't. There's a lot of people who like, you know, they have one day or two days where they like crush it and like, oh yeah, you know, hustle, hustle or whatever. But like to do show up and do it like consistently, like day in and day out when you don't want to, you know, show up on the weekends, you know, separation days like that. Like I think that for me is hustle is doing it, you know, when even when it is boring or doesn't feel great. That is one hundred percent true. And you know, you're showing that right now of, you know, you wanted this lifestyle, you wanted to be able to travel, you wanted to do all these things. And it went completely against what you were brought up with, <laughs> of, you know, <laughs> gain the degree, gain a secure job, all these things. And so, you know, I love that you are consistently pursuing that action. And uh, even though the avenue has changed a few times, it's changed for me multiple times over the years too. So I can definitely relate on that. But I love that you are exemplifying of keep keep at it, keep doing those consistent actions, even when you don't want to. And, and that's just awesome. I can definitely see that in you and through our network of uh, people that we connect with and seeing all the things that you're doing. It's It's really great to see that. So I don't want to take too too much of your time. I really appreciate the time that you have given me thus far. So I want to give you a chance to plug where people can best find more information about you. But before I do that, I want to ask you one more question, personal or business. What is it that excites you about the future? Oh, man, uh, I'm, a, I'm a very future kind of focused person. You know, I, I consider myself to be a bit of a dreamer, right? Um, vision boards and all that fun stuff. So um, I think when I look at the future, you know, it's not necessarily like, and this kind of follows the theme of like changing planes a little bit, right? Like I don't really see myself being a chatbot guy five, 10 years down the road. You know, like what, what really, and like I said, I don't define myself by what I do currently. I think what I really excites me is I'm like a huge personal development junkie. Uh, you know, Tony Robbins, Andy, Ed, lots of reading courses, psychology, like that's, that's what I love. So um, I think in the future, I'm really excited about coaching people and impacting people on that level, you know, through podcasts and blogs and all that kind of stuff. That's what really excites me. That's what I'm kind of spending my like nights and week on, weekends on right now is working on those kind of future or side hustles that I hope to turn into my main hustle. You know, that's kind of like the stuff that, again, you, always, you ask people like, what would you do if you didn't have to work? That's kind of probably what I would spend a lot of my time on. So um, that's probably what I'm looking forward to in the future is launching that blog. I got a podcast coming out real soon. 
Um, and I, I mean, obviously I'm still really looking forward to a lot of, you know, what I got going on with this business. Um, but I got, I got a whole bunch of stuff that I'm, I'm really excited about with, in, in a variety of spaces. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's a very specific answer, but no, it, no, I love it because <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way of it. It's like, okay, I've got this thing that I'm passionate about. You know, I'm, I'm focused on hustle, hustle energy, but at the same time, there's always side projects I want to work on on top of that and spend my nights and weekends and things like that. So I can totally relate to you on that. And I appreciate that. So where is it that people can best find more information about you and connect with you? Uh, probably on Instagram is a great place. So on Instagram, it's Bradley underscore Roth. Um, I haven't been super active just lately because I've been trying to do a little bit more digital detox and be present and all that good stuff. But uh, on Instagram and then also Facebook, uh, just Bradley Roth. Um, probably easier to find me on Instagram though, <laughs> I would imagine. But that's, yeah, or you can email me if you want to reach out to some specific Bradley at BreakthroughDigital.net. And uh, yeah, love connecting with people from all kinds of different areas. Yeah, for sure. I'll make sure to include links in the show description so people can just Thank click you. on that to connect with you as well. But, you know, I want to say thank you for taking time out of your day. And I really appreciate all the value you've provided um, on the show today. So I know I've gotten value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day. <laughs>